1: hopefully another great episode of the one one podcast i'm your host juan make sure to follow me on social media at the 101 on podcast on all social media platforms tiktok instagram twitter youtube all the good stuff and today we have an og of the podcast with us what's up bro
2: OG, oh, i'm honored man glad to be back
1: yeah you were you were One of the first, I think you were on episode like nine or seven or something like that. Like one of the very first episodes. And I remember I, I messed up when I first started podcasting because dude, I did a whole year's worth of podcasts before I I even started. And then that went down the drain real quick because obviously looking into these different topics, it can get mentally exhausting. So I did it to where I could like take a break in between. And then life happens, then I ran out of episodes, then I started back up again. Then I started a couple other podcasts. But yeah, what's new with you, bro? What do you want to plug in before we get into it?
2: I'm not plugging shit, man. I'm not here to plug myself. I'm here to chop it up with you and hopefully give some good wisdom to the folk around me.
1: Awesome. I I like that attitude. Well, you still doing your podcast? Did you finish that and you did the one of the last we spoke, I think you were like on the last bit of your season or something like that. What's up with that? you you quit podcasting all altogether or what <laughs> you know
2: uh, it's interesting i've been thinking about my podcast a lot so last we spoke i think i was still on season 2 i completed season 3 um, which is doing fantastic i'm i'm happy i just got on Spot- spotify I'm, i don't know what the algorithm's doing over there but i'm getting a lot of people coming in from spotify so that's been pretty cool really um I would love to do season four and five. And the reason I've been thinking a lot about podcasting is I've noticed, you know, I write articles, I write uh, weekly exercises. Um, I have a small presence on social media. I try to answer people. A lot of my time I've been spending on uh, answering questions that are coming in through the website or, or social media. But I noticed uh, pound for pound for the number of minutes I put into amount of uh, people I reach my podcast platform. Uh, has emerged as my primary kind of resource so uh, no i haven't been working much on the podcast one but you know the cpa in me says i need to pivot and, and put a little bit more time into it
1: <laughs> why don't you is it just a time thing and the last episode that i remember us doing i know we did one after this is april we did episode 10 of the Juan podcast stoicism for a better life and then i know we did another one after that but this was april 6 of 2020 so we go way back
2: is there? Well, since then, I also released the third book. Yeah, I, I When we spoke that. last, that came out too. So the, the series is complete. And, and maybe that's why, um, you know, now that I'm reflecting, uh, maybe that's why I finished the third book of the series, volume three. And then I finished season three of the podcast. And I think I kind of uh, uh, went into a new phase in my life. So the past year uh, has been, you know, my focus has been shifted. Let's say Anderson- Is uh, As my followers know, he lives in my free time and my free time has had to been, uh, let's say, cannibalized in other areas for a lack of better terms. But, uh, you know, looking forward, uh, even Anderson's time, I think I'm going to need to focus more into the podcast um, just to be able to benefit from my, you know, cost benefit.
1: Yeah, I don't see why. I mean, if you have the social media presence and again, you don't have to take this, you can do whatever you want, but. I don't, I don't know why you don't start something like... I know your, your thing focuses around exercises, and I've listened to it before. It's very good. And for those that don't know about stoicism, we can talk a little bit about that. Uh, but maybe you should start like a free-form type of thing, bro. I don't know. Maybe revolving around philosophy because all those guys, man, like I've been diving into Pythagoras a lot as of lately. And these ancient philosophers, they were really onto something else. Like they were on just another level. And we, you mentioned Plato's the Republic because I was, I'm fascinated with that and it's got its things to where it's kind of questionable, right? Especially <laughs> given, especially given the circumstances of today's society. But why is it that we still follow guys from the year 300 and we're talking about their theories and all this stuff? It's like, have we not progressed enough to where we can come up with our own new ideas and but we're still dependent on ideas of people who were questionable in history who might have not even existed you know what i mean we're still using the pythagorean theorem today and this dude made that up like freaking years ago you know what i'm talking about
2: yeah the the human here's the thing the human condition has not changed you know in in evolutionary time scales in in uh, cosmological time scales the human condition has not changed. And this is why we're still talking about the same things from uh, ancient Babylonia, right? Uh, the, the, the Epic of Gilgamesh is the oldest written uh, story we have uh, on written records. So we know even back then they had the same kind of internal struggles. Um, so, yeah, we're still talking about the same thing. We've become a lot more efficient at innovation and production, but we haven't become better at living life. I think we actually become worse and that's why we're turning to the ancients a little bit, to 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 be like, hey, okay, what's up? These guys knew what they were doing. Maybe let's let's see what they were saying.
1: I like the way you broke it down that one time that you were on the podcast where you said that our our operating system is still outdated and not with the times. And I for, I, I can't recall how you mentioned it, but you, you know what I'm talking about. Where you were where you said that our our bodies are they're meant to fight saber-toothed tigers but yet we're so far into the dare i say singularity and just as of recent you saw facebook came out with this whole metaverse thing what's your what what are your opinions on that can you can you re rehash on that because i i love the way you put it and i and i always whenever i try to explain it to people i always mess it all up <laughs>
2: Um, the duality within the duality, man. So we have this thing called consciousness, call it a soul, call it your rational mind, call it a spirit, this little bit inside of us that's conversing right now, you and me, right? That part, uh, came following the cognitive revolution about 75,000 years ago, when we developed the capacity to imagine, to conceptualize, to think beyond the here and now. It's a blessing if you think about it, because out of everything in the animal kingdom, I'm the only one that can see a blue duck, because I can imagine a blue duck in my head, right? Another animal can't do that. It cannot see beyond what it sees in front of its two eyes. So the consciousness is beautiful. However, we exist in this thing, this vessel, which is a predominantly hairless, ugly monkey, all right? And it comes with these Defense mechanisms that are coded in its DNA. Our emotions, anxieties, depression, and pessimism, these are all survival mechanisms. And that's why, uh, you know, we all have them. And that's why it's normal. And that's why we're having these conversations to normalize things like depression and anxiety. Um, these are evolutionary responses of our body's primitive responses to its environment to survive. Now, today, we we're lucky to be living in a in a society where we're not just safe, we're we're uber super safe. Uber super safety is luxury and comfort, right? Um, we don't need this primitive response anymore. We don't need to fight for food or survival anymore. We can very well survive together. Um, you know, we choose to fight each other for many other reasons. But point being is. <laughs> We have this great consciousness within, stuck inside this ancient, dated body. Uh, so, like you said, the software is up and running, but it's still running on on a motherboard with buses that can't even support, you know,
1: yeah, Windows uh, ninety or whatever. Windows exactly,
2: exactly.
1: I'm taking. Don't don't mind me. I'm taking notes, and I pulled up the the Benjamin Franklin quote. That those that give up freedom for safety deserve neither. And I know you wanted to get into a little bit about what's happening in today's world, right? With we have Kyle Rittenhouse, we have the Just Lane Maxwell case coming out soon, and the verdict is already in on Rittenhouse today is November 23rd, 2021. So. <sighs> But every time I get with you, I know you're so involved in this whole philosophy stuff that I love talking about that because <laughs> that, has always, that has always fascinated me because, again, how you how you mentioned the Epic of Gilgamesh, right? They were just rehashing what they had heard before them. Exactly. So how far back does it go? And you said that animals, they can't imagine things. Are, are you 100% certain of that? Do you think that... And I and I told somebody today. I said, "Did you know that dolphins rape people? Dolphins rape yeah. each other. that that is the most like rapists, horrific yeah. <laughs> animal rapists, <laughs> ever, dude. It's it's and horrible. They're repeat rapists too. They're repeat the, offenders. They're repeat offenders. That's crazy. Why would anybody and want they're to go? Gang rapists. It gets yes. worse. They're gang rapists. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness. That is that is the craziest thing. But you see there, <laughs> that's, and again, I'm not saying to go rape people. That's that's horrible. But Again, a a a primal. It's like a primal thing. And I, I was talking to somebody the other day on on, on the show, and he said, I forgot who it was?" But he said that as humans, we're so because I, I I brought up the the the, and this is just to me. But I feel that shows as of lately, right? Netflix and all these movies that are coming out, like the Squid Games, all these different shows. I, I to me, I feel like they've gotten more and more violent. And I don't know if you, I don't know how much TV or how much media you consume, but to me, I feel like they're almost conditioning us because all these shows, uh, for example, the, the newest, the newest season of the show, you, since the very first episode, they're already killing people. Spoiler alert, right? They're already killing people from the very first episode. I'm like, and my friend, I believe it was Ryan Burns. He said that being humans, we have this sort of fascination with again it's dark but almost how how quickly just life can be how fragile life is right because if you really think about it you can go at any time i mean i had a friend of mine who who he lived by himself walking out to his garage slipped hit the back of his head dead they found him three days later just like that you can be just hanging out in your house doing whatever but then we have this again primal things as humans and and you can see it with these riots and this unrest where people just get in this mass hysteria and they just go all out almost like almost like this fight or flight. And I was talking about how the bison would would run off the cliffs and mammals are the only animals that stampede. Right. And, and it's you're paying attention to you get tunnel vision. You're paying attention to what's in front of you. You don't notice by the time you notice the cliffs already there and you're dead you're, you're you're jumping off the cliff. And this is how a lot of these animals uh, went almost to the brink of extinction. But yeah, what are your what are your thoughts? Because I know you like to talk about stoicism, and I've been called a stoic before. Like, oh, you're so you're so so emotionless, right? So you you don't show emotion. But with you practicing stoicism, and I know it's changed your life uh, from all the conversations that we've had how important do you feel it is to have some, some level of stoicism in today's society, especially because I feel like everything nowadays is, is emotionally driven, right? Everything is so high heat with the division of, I know you don't like it, but the new world order, maybe the reptiles are, are have their hands in this, but how does somebody even st- stay disciplined in, in something like that? Like from your expertise, if you will.
2: Um, Right. I wish we had an episode for each one of these questions, man. These are all awesome questions. Whenever <laughs> you want to come on, dude, you
1: just hit me up, bro.
2: <laughs> so I'll just I'll grab a few here. Um, first, first thing you mentioned, you know, people call you stoic, uh, you know, because you're emotionless and that, and it's true. You know, when we when we when we use the word stoic, we say emotionless, emotionless. I'll tell you an interesting fact. Ever since I became a true practitioner of the of the school, people call me more emotional because I show and share my emotions more. So stoicism is not, you know, unlike a, an Eastern philosophy, which I also, you know, follow closely, like the Tao Te Ching and all that, where emotions are like water off a duck's uh, a duck's back, right? Uh, it's nothing. You just ignore them. In, in stoicism, we embrace them. Because we, we're human beings. Right? Again, we're inside this vessel. This vessel comes with these pre-coded defense mechanisms. And emotions are one of them. I mean, fight or flight, emotions are one of them. We get angry to, to drive up our adrenaline, to, to fight off or run really fast. You know what I mean? We, uh, uh, we get depressed. Uh, we got pessimistic in the past, you know, a, a depressed grand-grand-grandfather uh, who was more pessimistic about the winter, kept more grain in his cellar, and he survived the freak cold winter, and his genes passed on to us. You know what I mean? These are built-in survival mechanisms. So we can't deny that we have the emotions any less than we can deny we have these fingers and digits and legs and what have you. And so stoicism teaches you how to deal with that, um, which brings us to the next uh, point you look at the world around us and we can talk about any headline you want to talk about past, present, uh, upcoming, whatever. It's always the same. There's a divide, there's emotions on both sides. And if we're being honest, there's truth on both sides, right? You don't get such a divide without having facts on both sides and truth on both sides. But then because we're such an oppressed, um, society or, species because we've always been this way. We let out all this, you know, oppressed anger and energy in in the wrong way. We find a cause and we choose to die on that hill. And it's just the worst possible approach you can take. You know, we try to teach our kids, you know, anti-bullying, this, that, and the other at school, but this is exactly what we do as grown-ups, except we hide under the guise of our cause. And we completely ignore the fact that hey, the other side has a cause too. I'm not saying I'm wrong. I'm not saying they're wrong, but let's just at least agree we all have some things we can agree on and work from there. Um, how's that for a quick blowdown stoic answer?
1: Yeah, and you're absolutely right. There is always two sides of the same story. But I feel that, and I, and I know you don't like to talk about conspiracies and stuff like that, but I do feel that energy goes somewhere, right? I feel that that maybe our energy is being mined in some sort of way because, how you said, the all the headlines are all the same, right? It's all the same thing. It's just rehashed, right? It's, uh, it's what do they call it? The uh, I'm gonna say it wrong. Something dialectic. Do you know what I'm talking about dialect, Hegelian dialect, something like that. You well, write like, the Hegel
2: Yeah, yeah, Hegel's dialect. Yeah. So it's Dialectic. like
1: Yeah, yeah. So it's always and it makes me think of the third man argument, right? To where there's always three how you see yourself, how others see you, and how you truly are on your subconscious. And I I heard somebody say recently that a lot of the decisions that we make come from our subconscious. They don't come from our conscious being. A lot of the things and it's got to do with what you said earlier about this, the genetics that get passed down, uh, these fears that get passed down, these ideas that do I believe they do get passed down genetically. And I feel that consciousness is something that is not produced within the mind or the brain. I feel it is broadcasted just how we have Wi-Fi systems or whatever. And when you turn your computer off, the Internet is still there. You're just not connected to it. The same way I feel that when we go away to where we go, once we die or expire or whatever, I feel that it, it's one of the laws of thermodynamics. Law cannot be created nor destroyed. It's always going to be there. It's just how it's manifested and how it's perceived. So, and, and one other thing that you said that we, we teach our kids moderation, right? And I believe that stoicism has a lot to do with moderation, but one of the, one of the, and I want to get your opinion on this. What, what are your thoughts on, okay, so I like to be a skeptic, right? I like to play devil's advocate, if you will, when it, whenever it comes to these ideas. And I talk about a lot of outlandish things on this show, as well as how I talk a lot about realistic things, how we're talking about today, emotions, you know, managing your emotions and being able to portray ideas efficiently, right? Because that's what it, call, it all comes down to. Me and you are just two walking thoughts, pretty much. We're just ideas, and we're com- right now we're conversing back and forth, but I have my ideas, you have your ideas, and if we clash on one of them, they're essentially ideas, right? What are your thoughts? Because for the Stoics, the Logos was this, this pretty much the universe, right? This uncontrollable thing that whatever happens, happens. But then on the other hand, for the Christians, the Logos is a very personal uh relationship, right? God, right? Because you, you can it can be very intimate. You studying everything that you studied and trying to keep a a how do I say it? I'm trying to find the correct words, like a a very straightforward mindset and no woo-woo. Why do you always why do you feel that it always goes back down to almost like this Godhead for like for the examples, for example, the Stoics with the logos. Like it's like this uncontrollable thing that is always there has always been there similar to the christians or similar to to the 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 kabbalist or whoever whatever religion why do you always feel it goes back down to this godhead figure is it through genetics that they pass these ideas down or what do you feel because It always, sometimes it always gets kind of woo woo, right? I mean, it it always goes there no matter like how much we try to look away from it and focus on science or focus on the facts, right? It always goes back down to this spirituality movement in a way.
2: Yeah, indeed. Um, A lot of good points. Just before I answer it, I want to clear one point. You keep saying I don't like to talk about the conspiracies. (laughs) I never said that. (laughs) I, uh, you know, difference between truth. It's all truth. And at a certain point it becomes conspiracy and we all have an individual line and we all determine where that line is and, and that's it. I have my own views on it, but I'm very open to, to all discussions for the record. All right. Um, now, Logos, you were talking about what it means to a Stoke and what it means to a Christian. And, and I, I love that you bring that up because the, it, it summarizes the difference in, in how we view the uncontrollable. But let's talk about why there is the uncontrollable first and i think it's a very logical conclusion that anybody any, any any uh time in history would have came to because no matter how look look at you and me you know we grew up or i'll, I'll take my own story i grew up uh, uh, i was a you know capitalist white dream i went to university crushed. it, got out of university got my cpa you know, got the got the nice job. I had the house and the car and the family. Tick tick ticks on top.
1: The American and dream. And yet, I
2: still American dream in Canada because you can't live the American dream in America <laughs> anymore. And <laughs> and yet, I I was still like, I felt like I had no control in my life. I'm like, no, I still this isn't perfect and that's not right. And I have to get this done. And well, if I can do this, I can do more. And look, that guy has more. So now I got to go get more. And it never stops. So put yourself in the shoes of any human being ever. What king ever felt content? They didn't. They wanted to go conquer the next land, and they wanted to go take this next thing. And they had to deal with that plague and this volcano. No matter what you do, who you are, you always deal with uncontrollables. And so you come to the inevitable conclusion that I don't have control over my environment, period. And we can all agree on this. We do not have control over our environment. We can disagree on what our environment is. Personally, I consider my body part of my environment as a Stoic. Others would consider their immediate environment or their spiritual environment, what have you. Um, we, can, we can, you know, disagree on semantics, but we can all agree our environment is, is uncontrollable or we have very limited influence on our environment. So far so good?
1: Yeah, yeah, so far so good, sorry. I was denying a phone call. I was it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: You're too popular, man. Um, so, then um, another semantic you could uh, argue over is why is there so much uncontrollable? Who am I amongst this uncontrollable thing? What am I worth? And so, the Christian response to this is <laughs> I'm important. I must be important. Therefore, all of this is for me, it is a personalized chaos. The Logos is personalized. I have a personalized God who's taking notes on me and will, uh, you know, while he's taking care of the cosmos and moving all the celestial objects, he's taking notes to see if I'm worthy of a 12-speed bike at Christmas or not. The stoic response to this is, um, look, man, it's uncontrollable. Fine. I'm part of it. Fine. As far as I can see logically and rationally, there's no there's no rhyme or reason. I can't make any pattern discernible pattern out of this. So how can I live a good life? How can I go to sleep at night feeling like, all right, I'm not a total piece of shit? Well, don't do piece of shit stuff during the day. That's it. And that's essentially stoicism. Like just be a good person right here, right now, because it's the only logical answer we can come to in, in terms of well, what can you do?
1: Yeah, and In my studies of Pythagoras, I don't know where we got lost in translation. It always seems that throughout history, and this is why I love studying it, because although history doesn't repeat, it often rhymes, right? And I, I don't know where we got lost. And Pythagoras even said, if man is able to crush one grain of dirt or sand, he will ultimately destroy himself. And, we, and we're way past that part but one of the things that i liked about the the it was called the aphorisms of pythagoras was that he he talked against suicide right he talked against a lot of things that we do today and pythagoras can be attributed to the occult and to these esoteric beliefs and these rituals and practices right and that's why he, Get Neo pythagorism and all this stuff, right? Because because I feel like with the Gnostics, a lot of these ideas, for the Gnostics, you know, one group of Gnostics, you could have sex with your cousin. The guys that were in that group wanted to have sex with their cousin, so they went and joined another Gnostic group who'd let you have sex with your cousin, but essentially it was still Gnosticism. So, hey, we're still part of it, but we just have separate, right? Like the denominations in Christianity. And I was raised, I was born and raised Christian Pentecostal. Pentecostal Christian. And all my life. And I was talking to my wife about this the other day. I go, I don't remember a point in time when I actually wanted to go to church. I was always forced to go. I was forced to go and be there. And I never remember a time in my life where I said, Yeah, I want to go to church. Like I actually want to go there and 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 you know what I mean? Like it's it was never there. And don't get me wrong, if you like if you enjoy going to church, which I know a lot of people who do, that more power to you. How you said, be a good person, don't be a piece of shit, right? essentially what the ten commandments are don't murder don't fuck your neighbor's wife whatever it is and so back to pythagoras he talked about not killing yourself not hurting others he was he was on a specific diet and he believed that hurting animals you could essentially hurt somebody who was reincarnated because they believed in reincarnation and and there's a lot of crazy stories revolving around pythagoras stories of him talking to animals being, being able to communicate with animals. Beans were strictly prohibited because they resemble human fetuses. So you, he talked about, you know, don't don't sacrifice your animals, even if it's to to the gods, right? And I don't know where we got lost in translation, and we have all these occult beliefs and practices of that we hear about in the media all the time: blood sacrifice with children, adrenochrome, et cetera, et cetera. All these crazy QAnon conspiracies, which I believe that there is a space in our time and in our reality right now that these things happen. Because what I mentioned earlier, this fascination with death as people, right? Because we're always, there's always this morbid side about us. And I know you wrote this about in your book, how you said that little voice in the back of your head that goes, you know, what if I jumped into traffic right now? Or what if I did this? Or what if I hurt this person, even though you intentionally won't do it, but it's always there. And me as a Christian, you know, right, raised as a Christian, it was always like, oh, that's Satan. That's, that's, that's the devil trying to get you to do things you're not supposed to be doing. But, yeah, dude, I don't know where we got lost in translation with stoicism and all this stuff. Later down the road, you have people such as Alistair Crowley talking about, you know, kids should be able to choose what they want to do sexually on their own. And it's like, dude, we just got done with Pythagoras. He said not to kill people and to respect each other what the fuck you know like where where where, how is that okay you know what i mean but i feel like it's this dark side of of humanity and people and so much death and destruction that has happened since the very beginning of time right because how you mentioned earlier when one king had something what's the downfall of of any empire getting to what happened to the roman empire oh they got too big right they got too greedy they couldn't manage their resources and they eventually collapsed Dare I say that the United States perhaps is on that brink where they're right now we have I know you're you're somewhere else, but we have a a fucking uh uh what do they call these homes? Uh where they put old people in, a nursing home patient in, in the White House right now. Probably shits his pants. You know what I mean? Like we look like the laughing stock of the world, right? And it's so obvious that he's not okay. I don't know who can agree that he is okay because he's not. But back to that that whole idea of getting too big and wanting more and more. And I think that's what, how how one of my friends Anton says, you know, the, the West is just here to, to consume, right? We're a consumer state and it's just consume, 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 consume and try to live that American dream, right? We want as much money as we can get. And at the end of the day, I, I don't know if, if I, I watched this movie recently on Netflix called The Occupant. It's in, it's, uh, it's in Spanish and at the very, it's a crazy movie, but at the very end of that movie, the guy thinks he's got the perfect life. Right. And when they zoom out, he's in this big ass mansion, super nice house. And when they zoom out his faucets leaking and then the movie ends right there. Boom. And I took that as I looked over at my wife and I said, you see, he thinks he's got the perfect life because he did a bunch of crazy stuff to get there. But then your fucking faucet is leaking, bro. So I don't think we can ever achieve that. Like, you know what I mean? Uh,
2: that's awesome. I, lo- I love I love your trains of thought. And they're, they're always like, they go off. I'm like, where is he going with this? And then it comes back home and you <laughs> nail it. I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, it's awesome.
1: <laughs> you know, I think about that all the time because my mind is like going like a million miles an hour. And then I'll go on this tangent and then I'll go on this tangent. But that's how podcasting has changed my life for me because I'm able to look deeper into things and that the symbolism, right? I'm able to, to sit there and break things down and go, Oh, that's what, that's what that probably means or whatever it is. But yeah, dude, I, I catch myself doing that all the time. <laughs>
2: um, look in the West, um, I mean, we, we're talking about modern times, but it, the story repeats itself. Uh, but in the West, we're real quick,
1: our... Anderson, before you say that, yeah. uh, what the fuck is happening in Canada? Are you guys still on lockdown, dude? Speaking about in the West, you know? Are you guys still, like, in Nazi Germany? Mm,
2: I mean, in Quebec, we're kind of... We're okay to go wherever we have these little vaccine passports. Um, Rest of Canada, I'm not sure, but the borders are open now.
1: Yeah? Okay. I, I, just, I didn't know if you were still on lockdown or not, so I, I was curious, because Tom, the other podcast that I do, he hasn't told me if... if I think I told me that you guys were on lockdown or something like that. I just
2: yeah, there are some places where it's flaring up again, so they've gone back to lockdown. But in Quebec, we've we've been pretty good. So wow,
1: yeah, sorry about that. Yeah. Continue.
2: <laughs> no, no, we're good. I'm I'm happy. Um, look, believe you me, the pandemic has been, it's, it's been a pile of crap too, but it's brought a lot of awesome stuff into my life too. So I'm I'm not I'm thankful for all of it. No regrets um so we're a product of our philosophy and in the west love it or hate it our philosophy has been capitalism hand in hand with this version of democracy whatever that is right and we are where we are i mean it's i think it's very logical how we ended up here because everything is about the bottom line At, at the end of the day there's no more government left in place it's just money that's running it and then whoever's controlling the money right um and the most dangerous ideology you can have i'm not i'm not just harping on capitalism randomly here the most dangerous form of ideology you can have is the one you're in currently the one you're using because you assume it's the right one is the one you grew up with you just take it for granted you don't even question it and that's why it's the most dangerous one That's a tidbit from a postmodernist, and I can't remember his name. It wasn't Sartre, but uh, it'll click and I'll tell you before the end of the podcast. Anyways, so if we we look into the past, they had, look, ancient Greece, where this all started, ancient Ionia, which is now in, in Western Turkey, you could have had a new ruler come in from one month to the next, right? You could have lost your crop. Uh, and had to somehow survive through the winter you could have had a plague coming from here or there you could have had conquerors from the east or the west like it was just uncertain your life expectancy was what like 30 anyways like it was just terrible life was horrible and philosophy emerged because a lot of the agricultural revolution when there were people that could you know had enough time to sit around and not have to work for food uh, they took on different occupations and some of them started thinking hey how can we do this better? Like we're living together. How can we actually do this better? And this is where philosophy emerged. Um, fast forward to Stoicism, the re- and, and as a pract- practitioner of Stoicism, uh, the reason I think why it is the most, I mean, at the risk of sounding, it's, it's one of the more popular ancient ones. It's because it's the last one before a Christianity kind of, kiboshed philosophy in the west for you know one and a half thousand years two thousand years even um and and philosophy kind of you know thank god for rene descartes grand granddaddy godfather of modern day philosophy
1: amen amen
2: (laughs) and he kind of got us back on the right track and here we are today, but we're still, you know, I'm, I'm studying modern philosophy, but I'm still reaching back to the ancients. And I find my motivation from my own personal journey in day-to-day life in the ancients because they're more relatable. We're, you know, we're kind of bullshitting ourselves now because we think, "Ah, oh, we're so much better than that. No, we're not. We still put on, you know, our pants one leg at a time. And we still, you know, eat, sleep.
1: Piss we do shit. what we do. Yeah. <laughs>
2: So, uh, so yeah, what we need today to go back to an earlier question you had, we do need more philosophy, not just in school and in, in, in society shows are not philosophical anymore. They're just like, you know, uh, I saw, uh, was it not, not hunger games. What is it? Uh, squid one games. Of often, squid games. Thank you. Like, all right, cool. It was entertaining. Yeah. All right. But am I any better for having watched it? I can argue and well, no, look, I'm an honest guy. I'm an honest stoic. So I'm going to argue and say, yeah, I am. Because I can have conversations with other people who have jumped on this bandwagon now and cultivate my relationship with them to hopefully you know, grow that into something more beautiful in the future. So there's that positivity that comes out of it. But beyond that, that show hasn't helped me grow in any way personally. It hasn't made the world better in any way. So uh, as Plato would say, if you recall from The Republic, uh, art is the third or fourth chapter you know it's at, right at the beginning because art is education so let's get the get these guys effing over the walls of the city and get them out because they're not contributing they're, inspiring. they're just distracting us yeah yeah mm-hmm. um yes we, you have to have entertainment we have to rest for our, our body and our minds our tools and like a hammer and an anvil if you just if you overwork it they'll break you have to have entertainment but you don't have to watch the Kardashians or duck dynasty every night. You know, you, you can challenge your mind a little bit and watch a documentary or, or whatever.
1: Yeah. It's funny. You mentioned, so my whole thing, when I watch these shows, I'm kind of already fucked up. And when I watch these shows, I look for the symbolism in them. Right. So for example, squid game, squid games, It can be a representation of capitalism, perhaps, right? You're willingly in an area where, what's that one meme? If he dies, he dies, right? You're willingly in an area. You go with your own free will somewhere where you know the consequences of it to work for what? For something that is so empty. And it blows my fucking mind that we work so hard day in and day out for a piece of paper that rules everything. How you said, you even said, you said that, there is no democracy left anymore. It's follow the money, and this is why I do talk about, and I call them the reptilian overlords, right? Because I like to think that they are how how manly P. Hall puts. It. He says they are of this world, but not of 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 it, right? And when they're when they're destroyed, they find a way back in. What the fuck did that mean? He was talking in the 1950s. I don't know, but he was onto to some stuff. Maybe he was channeling all of his his. His speeches and lectures that he did, I, I truly do believe that because a lot of if, if, if we go back in time, right, if we're talking about history, a lot of these again back to the woo-woo, a lot of these ancient scriptures and, and laws and all these things were through divine intervention, right? The code of Hammurabi was supposedly channeled to to him and he came up with it through the help of quote unquote God with a capital G, whatever you want to call it. But when I watch these shows and I like the way you put it because you're you're finding the the goodness in it, right? Oh, I can cultivate a relationship with somebody, uh, you know, start up a conversation, and talk about it. But when I'm watching these shows, I'm I'm not watching it for that. I'm watching it, paying attention to the symbolism that's behind it all, right? The 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 message. Maybe some people are watching it because it's a good plot. It makes sense, right? I don't know. But one of the things that Plato you mentioned about the arts, his whole thing was controlling that because. Right. They want to live in this. uh, How do I put it? The new Atlantis, right? Almost uh, Francis Bacon, the one that he was talking about, the new Atlantis or like this dystopia where where utopia, whatever, where everybody is, is in line. And the whole thing about play that really blows my mind, dude, and I've always said this. Was that the Nazis revered his work and Martin Luther King Jr. did as well, because in the Republic, he talks about eugenics. He talks about limiting the arts. Why? Because they inspire people. And he understood the idea that they speak to somebody on a deeper level, right? Almost sort of like a propaganda. So he would limit the the musical notes that people could hear, frequencies that people could hear. And again, Pythagoras talked about he would heal people with sound. Pythagoras would do hymns and all these things, and he would heal people depending on what they had. And here comes along Plato, right? If he even existed, right? If he if he even was a real person or not, that's that's a whole other episode. But wanting to limit the intake of certain arts that the people took in because he didn't want people to revolt, right? He didn't want people to to find that inner whatever it was and be like, hey, you know what? I'm inspired to to conquer the world, or you know, he's like, no, no, you're gonna stay in line and follow. And have what order you're going to have order and you're going to do whatever the philosopher kings tell you. And they have no interests either. Right. In society, which, dude, to be honest with you. I love and this sounds fucked up, but I love that idea of having the people in power. Not have any interest, because how are you going to tell me Jerome Powell? The chairman of the Federal Reserve is worth fifty five million dollars. OK, as of that, we know of right. Who knows how much he's got in offshore accounts? Fifty-five million dollars from a public servant position. Please tell me how that works. Please tell me how that is possible. You don't. You you don't mean to tell me that when he's doing these these speeches, he's saying he's texting his friends, "Hey, buy the dip," you know, "buy the dip." You know, it's going to go right back up. You know, inflation is is transitory, right? It, it just keeps. And then as soon as you know it, look, S&P 500, record highs, NASDAQ, record high, all these indices, record highs. There is too much corruption, and it's got to do with what you said, that these conglomerates are running the government. 100%. I don't care what anybody says. Google, YouTube, all these companies are all the same companies, and they're controlling what we see in front of our eyes. It's already been proven with Facebook, the elections, and all this other bullshit. So, how are we able to combat that? You know what I mean. How are we able to break out of this, no pun intended, matrix? Because this is what it is, and now they literally want us to fucking put us in the metaverse. So, uh, and I know I said a lot there, but
2: <laughs> how you get out of it depends on where you want to go.
1: Where can we and, go?
2: And how fast you want to get there?
1: Where, where can we go then? Like what, what are, uh, where
2: can we go? I think the, uh, the answer is inevitable. It, it doesn't take a genius for, you know, if you take the emotions out of it, if you really take your emotions and ego out of it, it doesn't take a lot to, to figure out that we have a lot of hive behavior. Oh, hive-like behavior, yeah. right? So I think it's inevitable that a socialist kind of, but a, a real socialist, we're not saying communism. We're not talking a barter system. We're talking like, an organized approach to a collective success. Cause that's what socialism is um, in, in general as an ideology, political and economics, that's a whole nother thing. But I think working as one, not countries, not religion, not, not whatever, you know, there's no borders. When you look at the globe from space, we know this, viruses don't see borders, uh, you know, uh, weather patterns don't see borders. By fucking time we stop seeing borders and differences too and stop this you versus us kind of dialogue and dialectic uh and and get to a hive uh mentality let's look at everyone's needs and maximize efficiency to try and make the best of this little bit of time that we have here because holy shit you guys you might not have realized this but i do like we don't have that much time i only have about you know 30 other Christmases I can enjoy with sound body and mind. Another maybe 20 where I can kind of be there passively. And then the rest is in a wheelchair. I don't even want to be around. You That's know what I mean? fucked up, bro. <laughs> it's the truth. Memento mori. It's at the core of our of our stoic philosophy, right? Uh, you'll recall I have it tattooed on the inside of my right arm. That's it's right. the very first thing before any decision I make. Not because I have a morbid sense of humor, but it's reality man when you when you see life from that perspective a lot of things all of a sudden become like you know you take stock of all your worries and you go holy shit i was really overreacting here guys let's just hey come here give me a hug like what are we even doing here we get caught up in our day-to-days and then we get into this let me unload my emotional baggage mode and then we forget about the bigger picture which is you know, the the glass is not half full or half empty. The glass exists. We're here right now on this side of the grass. We can talk and interact and do fun stuff like this. That's the gift. So let's focus on that.
1: Yeah, it's got to do with what Alan Watts says. And I'm pretty sure he wasn't the first one, but the eternal now, right? There is no past. There is no future. It's only now in this moment that we're sharing together right now. Well, whatever happened, happened. And I meant to say something earlier. And I forgot what I was going to say. I forgot what I was going to say anyways, but when it comes to coming together and I I feel it's very hard given the circumstances, right? Because everything nowadays is back to, you know, the new world order, whatever, divide and conquer type of tactic, right? Because what would happen if people would come together and say... How you're saying right, not get out of that mentality of us versus them, and it it, it becoming about us. But then we get into the whole uh, idea of what are what are human rights, right? What are basic human rights? You know who who distinguishes that? Who who decides who lives and dies, and and who you know you know what I mean? It gets into these these nitty gritty things that you're talking about, and that's why I love stoicism because. It looks at everything from a realistic and a calmer point of view, right? Because you're, you're looking at things from... from and, and I like to do the same thing. I like to look at two different sides, right? So if I'm looking at a an example, if I'm looking at a conspiracy theory, I like to see what takes away from that conspiracy theory, right? What would debunk it, and then the actual conspiracy theory, right? And I like to see it from both sides because that's the type of person that I am, right? But a lot of people... Like you mentioned earlier, are one-sided for their cause only, you know, one me, 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 me. And I feel that the powers that be benefit better from conditions like this. Because if we were to come together, imagine how chaotic that would be if, if we were all to come together and just be one. It's like those, those old 1950. Uh, cartoons, hey neighbor, you know, you go outside, hey, how you you know, how it's like all this this weird uh, you know, the 50s were nothing like that. But yeah, but again, I, I don't I don't know. What are your opinions on that?
2: I agree. Look, let's take any any example. Masks, right? You have people that are for masks, you have people that are against <laughs> masks. That is so stupid.
1: <laughs> it, it is
2: like I can't believe that I'm gonna have to somehow justify this conversation to my grandkids one day who are going to look at me dead ass in the eye and say did you guys really disagree on this and I'm gonna be like yeah yeah i'm sorry <laughs> but anyways you know again i don't blame anyone everyone just we're so oppressed and angry and if, if you don't know how to deal with it First, if you don't even recognize you have emotional overload and you need to get rid of it, that's a problem, too. If you don't know how to get rid of it properly, it's a problem. You can end up in an addiction, like, you know, a healthy one, like workaholic or gym rat. We, we say these things, you know, uh, tongue in cheek, and we're like, ha ha it's good. It's not good. It's an addiction. But anyways, so we, this divide over the mass, people get so angry and you see to what crazy lengths they go to make a display out of it. I would rather spend this energy on not even criticizing the government, but the governments. Like, how bad did we do as a species, you guys? Like, we failed miserably in the eye of this virus. Our global response was horrible. It shows, like, how individualistic we are, how nationalistic we've become. Like, we live in these silos. Like, are you kidding me? It's 2021. Like, we've seen this this little rock from space. We've seen how small it is. We got the data and science to show how fragile it is, believe in global warming or not. We know everything is like, you know, climate, the pond. Everything is like teetering on this balance. life. carbon life form yeah. is very, very delicate. So that's where I would go. I would put our energy towards government. Like, what the fuck are you doing, one? Isn't this what you're supposed to be doing? Like, I don't know.
1: Yeah, but so we talked about I I'm, I'm sure you're aware of and I don't know if this is in your book or not when when you flash shapes above a chicken, and right, you can f- you can flash a square or a circle or a triangle, but as soon as you flash the silhouette of an eagle, the chicken freaks the fuck out, right, the chickens. And it's because and this is my personal opinion, I feel that the reason we're here because you're talking about the governments, right? And holding them accountable essentially for what they're doing and the mismanagement of everything, which I don't believe will ever happen. But I, I, I think that since the very beginning of time, these ideas have been passed down through the times and through through genetics, through maybe some sort of Akashic records, because it, I always feel as if, there is going to be this portion of society that needs to be governed and needs to be guided almost like little sheep. Right. And they're almost like this, this it's an embryotic relationship with and I'm talking about totalitarianism, right, where where, you know, they 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 need the government to rule and the government needs this, this, this. That's also a dangerous game, too. And I know, I think it was you that talked about socialism, I think, one time on one of my podcasts. And you're like, oh, I think you said it. Was it you that said, oh, I think I'm a socialist? And I know this is going to sound fucked up. Was that you?
2: Well, I am a socialist, yeah. Well,
1: so I'm... I think, yeah, it was you then. But <laughs> that's also how you said we don't realize that what we're living in is dangerous as well because we're living in it. But I feel that putting too much power in the wrong hands is a bad thing, too, right? I think as a people, we need to be able to govern our own selves. And when it comes to this this sort of thing, I just think that since the very beginning of time, since it's always been a hierarchy, because that's one thing about society, hierarchy does affect the psyche of people on a different level. And uh, Manly P. Hall talks about this, where we see it, right, with social media. If I have more followers and my podcast gets more listens than your podcast, I'm better than you. If I get more likes than you get, I'm better than you, right? If, if if I have more money in the bank than you, I'm better than you. We see this hierarchy, right? And I think since we've been governed since the very beginning of time, because there in there does need to be some sort of social structure, I just want to redo the boundaries, right? And I like what you said earlier about the, the borders. Animals don't see borders. Weather doesn't see borders, right? Hurricane doesn't give a fuck about the borders. And I think that's a very important area to start because if we were to see that, we drew the lines on the fucking map. We drew those lines and then, but when you go there, animals don't, don't respect that or anything like that. Right. So this idea of, of, you know, the government, like holding your hand or something like that. I, I think that's also very dangerous too, because as we can see uh, with the American government, they've done so many things in the past, right? They've experimented on the people. There's th- history. It's history. It's not conspiracy. It's history of the shit that they've done. You know what I mean? Hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. you know well, uh, on that episode when we were talking i was saying um we were talking more from a socio-economic and political perspective uh when we spoke of socialism yeah i'm not Excuse i'm me. not calling you a
1: socialist <clears throat> i'm just trying to remember that was so long ago so. <laughs> <laughs> no but I, I am i am
2: a socialist because i believe that people should be governed for the people period we can try and define that further but that's where it gets complicated But, you know, most of us can agree at the end of the day, hey, there's a lot of people. Let's try and take care of everyone as best as we can. Um, Unfortunately, because of the nature of the beast we live in, this primitive (laughs) vessel, we will always need to be governed, unfortunately. So I don't see right now until Daddy Elon comes through for us. (laughs) I don't see how we could ever govern or how, how we could ever be governed by the people properly efficiently effectively
1: that would be anarchy yeah. right if there wasn't any political th- uh, authority
2: <laughs> so and then the question becomes how do you govern for the people <sighs> sky's the limit man now now you're getting into the theoretical this is like the same conversation of okay we know where we live and we know where we want to get to where we live as a collective how do you get there <sighs> you know how, how many generations will it take if you're a che Guevara you want to get there, or if you're like a Leo Tolstoy, a, uh, uh, a Leon Trotsky, excuse me, or a Che Guevara, you want to get there now. So you're <laughs> going to shoot everyone in the face to get there right the fuck
1: now. That's not the if way. You're...
2: to do it. sorry,
1: don't shoot anybody in the face. That's not the way to do it. <laughs> no, no,
2: no, no. If you're but if you're like a, a Leon uh, Trotsky or 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 like myself, you believe in having the conversation. You're an anarcho-passivist. Yes, we have to change. No violence is never, ever, 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 ever the right answer. Um, it's another conversation you and I had where I said, I'd rather take, I'd rather take the bullet than try and uh, defend myself if it comes to it. You know, that's my personal moral and ethical really? stance. And uh, yeah, you don't remember that one it blew your mind.
1: No, I don't think so. That's, that's, how, that's, that's crazy. I mean, that's, that, that says a lot. That's like the monk that burned himself and, and forgot the name of the city. You know what I'm talking about? Where he yeah, protested yeah, 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 yeah. in his own way, and he said it's a very famous picture.
2: Yeah, well, do, hey, we should do an episode just on this, because oh, ethics and morality, stoicism is a form of ethical and moral practice.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, I've always said this. I've never been, when, when all these riots and all these things, and what I meant to say earlier, too, was oppression. You said we're oppressed. It seems like oppression in this society is a hot commodity nowadays. It's always who can be the most oppressed is it the trans community is it the l g b t q <laughs> whatever is it the, the 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 who is it the black people is it the native Americans is it whoever it is it's always i i'm more oppressed than you are you know what i mean so it's like almost like this scarlet letter type of thing where they they want to be the most oppressed so they 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 you know they get the the sympathy and the energy right uh directed towards them which i've always said it I, i'm pro human right we're all human we all bleed the same we're all in this together but i feel that what you said earlier people are too and i'll say i mean people are in cults nowadays dude and i'm sure with the political with the political party we we are in these cults where i for one i look from the outside and and i don't i look at the the policies right i've always said this i look at the policies i see what makes sense to me the most as a human and just cuz donald trump has better policies than bernie sanders or whoever it is you know i'll go with there's always going to be some bad in there too right cuz that's that's just the way it is cuz stoicism you can't control certain things that's just the way it is you just have to be able to to handle it accordingly professionally right from from a scholarly point of view or whatever it may be and just be able to deal with whatever comes next which that's why stoicism to me was so why it attracted me because it was like hey and i've i've taken it ever since i've, I've read your first and your second book i've taken i haven't read the third one i've taken it and I've put it in practice to where sometimes, you know, my dad will be flipping out about something. I'll be like, hey, dude, you know, it already happened. What can we do from here? Where can we go from here? You know, instead of us taking our energies and crying about it and complaining about what just happened, let's move on. How can we prevent it, you know, come a year from now, two weeks from now, a week from now, or an hour from now? You know what I mean? And that's why I feel like it's it's helped me, especially me being in a high stress environment with my job. Uh, I I have to be able to sit down and analyze things uh, before I make any decisions irrationally based and, you know, purely driven by emotion, you know? So, yeah. (laughs) Uh,
2: Yes, that's, that's really, it's really virtuous of you. That you're able to control your emotions like that, um, and and just to get back to the oppression being a commodity, you know, uh, it's a nice bookend to the to our talk about our current version of democracy, whatever it is we're living in, because it does cater to the loudest sheep, yes. which is you know exactly that. <laughs> uh, so it's just a symptom. However, it doesn't take away from the cause of these oppressed people. Okay, and we have to distinguish that. And and here's another easy line where people jump on it and they say, oh, you're not oppressed, shut the f up. And no, 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 hold on. They they, they have a right as well. Okay, so maybe the, the, you know the way we're going about this is way too much. Maybe the pendulum swung way too far to the other side. You know, um, hashtag me too is a great example. Like when it first came out, I was like yeah hashtag me, you go let's get these creeps in jail right and then they two turn years later something. some guys getting yeah. blasted on twitter because of a bad date i'm like Phew, okay maybe the pendulum swung too far yeah. to the other side you know? so, <laughs> yeah but but that's how it goes right uh hegel synthesis the pendulum always goes from the furthest one side to the next and eventually it'll slowly find its center which is why i believe eventually we will end up in like a socialist collective approach to humanity um, but man, how many generations will that take? And will we make it there as a species?
1: Yeah. And it just reminds me of, brings me back to Pythagoras, the number three, uh, it symbolized harmony, equilibrium, right? The, the three points, uh, uh, you know, the, the three is, you know, the point in the center is between two extremes, and once we're able to find that equilibrium is when we're able to, because the duad to them was evil because it showed the two sides, either you're on one side or the, or the other side. And it brings upon the illusion of intervals and separateness. And that is an illusion in itself, because how you mentioned earlier, we know what the rock that we're on looks like from outer space, right? Unless, you, unless you're a flat earther, of course, but we know what it looks like from outer space, how, how you said, how fragile it is. And unfortunately, dude, ever since my experience with mushrooms, I've come to the conclusion that and I know it's gonna go against everything I've said in the whole podcast, but we're a cancer to this fucking world, bro. We we are destroying it, right? From within. I'm not saying that there's not good people. I'm not saying that. But a lot of there's so much destruction and chaos, and people are just shitting where they eat, right? There's so much right now, there's so much pollution. And how you mentioned earlier, global warming and all these things that were perhaps we won't make it to those further generations because of this stuff, because we're not thinking about the future. Mm-hmm.
2: You're, you're absolutely right. You know, I, I always say, and, and I stole this from, remember Agent Smith from the matrix yeah, when course. he has Morpheus around the chair and he's like, you resemble, your species resembles more of a virus. Yeah. You know? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah fucking yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah it just makes sense um, yeah we're absolutely not built to live with our environment that's part of our makeup we can't change that until we get our consciousness out of our bodies come on Papa Elon
1: jeez bro I'm gonna have to have you back on dude because I want to <laughs> talk about Rene Descartes and then we can yeah. work that into Elon Musk and the whole AI and all this shit uh, yeah you yeah, know what for I mean sure. So I think that's a good point to end it on. Hopefully everyone listening to this enjoyed it. And I would really like for you to share your work, Anderson. So people, I've benefited from it. And I feel that the listeners, if they want to look more into stoicism and put it to practice, I think you should share your shit, bro. I don't, you know, <laughs> <laughs> All
2: right. so like stoicism for a I have articles, exercises, books, audio books, podcasts. Uh, you name it social media you can ask me questions directly and in fact I'm spending most of my time just you know what was that uh, news article lady dear Abby people ask advice so I'm that's all I'm getting now is like uh, uh, advice (laughs) questions from people so hit me, (laughs) no but it's true I've stopped doing the one-on-one sessions on the the mentoring sessions I'm spending all Anderson's time right now is being spent on, on on just answering people's questions so All my contact info on stoicismforabetterlife.com.
1: Awesome. And I'll post that in the description and make sure to follow me on social media at the Juan Juan podcast, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, YouTube, whatever it may be. Choose your poison, if you will. And Anderson, dude, I had a great time, man. I think this was an awesome conversation. I think it's a, it's a, a, more relaxed tone that i take on my other show that's why i like sitting down and talking with you because when we break things down it's from a you know disciplinary point of view if you will and we sit down and we have talks it doesn't get too woo woo. it doesn't get too you know what i mean and that's what i love having you on as a guest and thank you so much for coming back on man all
2: right i was glad to be on and i'm looking forward to our next one and um hey i'm gonna have to have you on my show sometime If I ever start having guests.
1: Hey, dude, whenever you want, maybe I can be the first one.
2: There we go.